0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. Today we are going to be talking about the data we produce, crunching all these crazy Boink projects, the good it might do in the near future or the distant future, and the potential dangers also that come with having open source and open data projects. <laughs> I am your host, joined Ringo, joined Jay Ringo, joined as always by Delta. Do you want to know what else is dangerous, J. Ringo? What else is dangerous? Please tell My me. My tea. <laughs> oh boy. Hold off on that thought for just a second. I got to tell the good folks what the heck they're listening to. They're listening to an awesome podcast. It's a great thing. Happens every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Boink Network Discord server. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is welcome to join in the voice or text chat. We already got the text chat rolling here. Someone just posted a thing about monkeys on a computer. Oh, the Shakespeare problem. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, have have a good time. Ask a question about Boink or talk about science. And uh, as always, we start off with Delta's tea. So Delta, why is your tea exciting? What's going on, man?
1: It is exciting. It's tropical. It's dangerous as well. It is a Moroccan bazaar in a brew. It's gunpowder green tea combined with a peppermint, peppermint zing. It's a sweet and smoky contradiction.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like it's, a, uh, a Tinder profile. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it's called uh, Marrakech, Mar- I think it is. I think that's how you pronounce it. All it is is just green tea with pepperm- peppermint oil, but apparently it's called gunpowder green tea, so I could be ingesting some lead.
0: Huh? You know, that stuff's poisonous, right? I think so.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but usually i don't like peppermint tea but this one's actually not that bad and it's it's great for winter too because it really clears out my nose (laughs) you know what else clears out your nose gunpowder
0: gunpowder exactly (laughs) how did you know how did you know that's what i was gonna say because it's explosive oh you are on this morning my friend wow all right well uh folks get your beverages (laughs) going in the chat you could say i'm going out with a bang (laughs) you could but i won't that was actually
1: the last packet of tea i had in the box i'm gonna go try and scavenge for some more tomorrow
0: is that out of your whole cupboard are you like out of tea
1: i I, i'm out of a unique tea i still have lots of tea in there it's just i need a new unique one to present to the viewers
0: guys feel free to send delta t find him send him and if
1: you t2 feel free to sponsor me i'm happy to pitch anything you want for your tea (laughs)
0: let's start the show All right, so before we get into the main topic, as always, we're doing the news. Uh, and this week, we don't have too much. Uh, we do have one thing here. I forgot what it was. Oh, Help Stop TB from World Community Grid has a new team member. Uh, for shame on myself, I forgot to read the thing.
1: Are you sure it's a team member for the team, or is it a team member for the project? Like, d- is it, did just one person decide to join and start crunching TB? T- 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 t-
0: I'm pretty sure it's a new person helping work on the project. His name is Marco, and he's coming out of Croatia. Uh, and he's going to help the uh, the World Community Grid team. Well, hold on, hold on. He's helping the Stop TB project, which is part of the World Community Grid umbrella project. So it has nothing to do with the crunching team, right? <laughs> now you've got me yeah. all confused. <laughs> oh, oh, and look at this. Apparently, they're they're continuing to look for more team members uh we will have a link to the article announcing marco's uh joinmanship i don't know the word <laughs> there <It's Memmanship>. like, <laughs> um, in, the, in the description below and in this article they'll give you a link to where you can go if you want to uh help out the stop tv team pretty cool um but that's really all the news uh i got this week delta you bring anything uh yes yeah, so i got two
1: things actually uh the least interesting one is uh josh from mind modeling at home uh i think he's the new admin if i'm not mistaken and he's just here to say hello and he's here to fix some issues with the boink project um
0: and then the other Uh, more interesting oh hold on on. let me say hi hi josh thanks for fixing the issues looking forward to it (laughs) (laughs) okay carry on all right and the other (laughs) bit of news
1: is uh from rosetta Uh, I was looking on the Boink subreddit and someone noticed that one of their Rosetta work units actually said um, deep learning. And hopefully that means that Rosetta is using AI. And according to this tweet by uh, Cyrus Biotechnology, uh, they say it's exciting preprint uh, using deep learning in Rosetta uh, software to make atomic resolution maps of of complex proteins. Uh, it's new uses for TR Rosetta, which is probably their application. Uh, it's not possible without AI. Uh, AI. <clears throat> so uh, it looks like Rosetta is actually now delving into AI. So um, if you're interested in doing some deep learning over Boink, go for it. Rosetta has some work units by the looks of it.
0: That is pretty cool. huh? All right. Well, I guess that's the news, folks. Uh, we'll see you next week. No, I'm kidding. Uh... Roll the outro. <laughs> So the topic this week is coming from an absolutely riveting discussion we had during Delta's project brief on TN Grid, which was just recorded will be uploaded well, I'm not going to give you a time last one took like 2 weeks to upload so I'll uh, <laughs> try and do it sooner than that but Uh, the discussion had nothing to do with TN grid. We got sidetracked into a, what is a fruit and what it it was a vegetable discussion, which I'm sure everyone has had in their, at least once in their life and knows it's just a black hole, but (laughs) in that discussion, someone, uh, we, we talked about, well, we were talking about TN grid, which has to do with genetics. And, uh, you know, we were also talking about the fruit vegetable thing. And someone mentioned, well, be careful about GMOs. You, You don't know if you really want GMOs. So. The, uh, let me get the exact quote here because it was a little better than that. Ah, one should consider carefully whether one wants to have genetically modified organisms. We're not going to talk about whether or not we should have GMOs, but if we're working on these genetic projects, who knows what the result is going to be, right? So think about that. When I bring up another point that someone brought up, uh, during the same conversation and they said, you know, I was thinking all this blank work our generation is doing now in a hundred years, who knows what they could be solving from the data we all produce probably more than we can imagine. And the, and they will think, wow, thank God uh, that happened. We have this data. So it's kind of two sides of the same coin there. We are crunching these Boink projects, doing uh, a whole bunch of basically data mining, finding interesting stuff uh, about things that we don't know how they're going to be used. So there's implicit dangers to that, but there's also uh, insane levels of potential. So how how do we reconcile that? How do we cope with the, who knows what the genes, are, are the genetic discoveries we make using projects like TN Grid and Rosetta at Home, are they going to be used for eugenics at some point? Or are they going to be used to cure cancer, which is their intent? Uh, yeah. So I I am wondering what, what folks tell doctor, Do you ever think about this stuff?
1: Well, oh, I think a good place to start is from the incentive base. So if you want to know whether or not there might be some nasty intent behind it, or maybe some accidental issues, you might want to look at the intent, uh, the uh, what's actually causing people to actually do this. Um, in the case of agriculture, most people want to do it for the money. If they can produce bigger fruits with more fruit and less seeds and less rind and less skin or whatever. They, they're going to want to do it for money. And they're probably not going to think too hard about what might be the side effects of it. Whereas with the BOINC projects that we're talking about, uh, it's a volunteer project. So they will set up the project, say, hey, we're here to solve this issue. Um, we're here to help out maybe with this industry or maybe we're here to, here to help out with this. And so their incentive is more or less doing p- like good science and checking whether it's actually correct.
0: Yeah, I think those make sense. Uh, but the the danger still exists because if we're producing you know we talk about open principles a lot on this show so like open data open access uh all of it so if we're producing these results and we're pushing people to give the results out for free so anyone can go and tinker with it isn't there danger there like uh you can look at uh what do they call the the people who just like play with genetics on their own and then inject it into themselves and try to do stuff to their own body um, like isn't there danger with that with giving this knowledge out for free uh, well I think it also carries with what most open source
1: stuff does carry so if it is open source other people can look at it, other people can check it other people can do research on it um, I, I'll tell you now that these projects aren't doing things for the rush of it they're not doing they're not rushing through it they're going through the processes they're investigating what could happen uh, and they are checking whether or not it might affect something else Uh, As for the projects in particular, we're talking about TN Grid here. Uh, With TN Grid, they're not exactly here to find a genetic solution. They're here to more or less provide foundational research to um, provide people with methods of trying to figure out which genes to target when trying to solve specific disorders, such as, as TN Grid says, uh, motor neuron disease.
0: Yeah, but you can use that knowledge... To do other stuff. So what Darren says here is that science itself is neutral. It's how we use it that makes it good or bad. So it's more of a question of humanity than science. And it's the the classic example of that is splitting the atom. That's a neutral discovery. We discovered how to control that. And do we use it to create energy and to uh, improve the lives of people, or do we use it to create an atom bomb? So. If we're creating these data, it's not so much about the projects themselves, but it's the data they're producing. Because remember, the second comment I brought up in the beginning was like, look at all this data we're producing. How are they going to use it in a hundred years? And that's what gets me excited. Like we're producing foundational science. What's that gonna to lead to in a hundred years? What are my grandkids gonna be able to do because of what I did today? Like, but at the same time, we're creating this data is someone going to come out and make a a genetic atom bomb, so to speak, because there's so much number
1: number bracelet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So dangerous. Oh man.
1: (laughs) It's dangerous to love.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. That's so true, man. Whoa. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, Netflix brings up another point here, the economic dangers. So uh, we talk about economics every so often on the show on how we're from the perspective of we're, basically running our hardware into the ground, so depreciating its value while producing valuable assets that other companies might use to produce something. Um, So is there a danger in us running our hardware into the ground to produce open data sets that pharma... Uh, Big farmer then uses, uh, this is his perspective, the Big farmer then uses to patent something and sell a make and then bar other people from using it. And there are sort of precedents that say that can't happen on specific fields of science. Like there was a Supreme Court case that said, essentially, you can't patent a gene. So th- this is a question that's been asked a little bit, but not at a large scale, I'm pretty sure. I think that's a real real danger like
1: yeah the thought of uh, a company coming in and saying oh i'll take that to some of the boink results it does make me a little bit sick to my stomach
0: <laughs> yeah so how do we reconcile that how like is it just the possible the potential good that the the perspective I highlighted about my grandkids benefiting from what I do now, is that potential good so powerful that it's worth the risk of some uh, greedy a-hole coming in and taking the the work of thousands and tens of thousands of uh, participants, destroying their hardware over the long run, not destroying it, like running it, like which just de- uh, depreciates value. Um, does the benefit outweigh the risk? That's, I think, how I rationalize it.
1: I think it'll probably solve itself. So it'll probably be something more like, okay, we're making a model that's continuously being improved and we're going to continue to make this model open. It just happens to be that a company is just using it. So the data could still remain open while the company uses it so that we can see what they're working off of and everyone else can have it, even though the company is just using it to aid with one of their products. I don't know if there's any legal issues with that, but um, yeah.
0: Right. So it's the concept uh, of standing by a product versus standing in front of it. And definitely, I, I think that's a very viable business model in this world.
1: Yeah. It helps the sciences, helps the boink uh, network, helps pretty much everyone if it just remains open.
0: Now, Foxy brings up the uh, point of sort of public perception or public relations PR and uh, how if a company did something so maniacal, so obviously evil, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase, that People just wouldn't like that company anymore. And, you know, I could see how I could uh, refute that pretty quickly. There are some pretty disgusting companies out there that do some pretty sketchy stuff, and they still exist. But at the same time, I can also see a lot of companies becoming more activists and sort of um, PRs becoming a playing a larger role in their actions. They're not their bottom line is no longer just profit.
1: I was gonna say probably not just PR for the company, but also for the Boink Project too. If everyone's crunching a Boink Project and they see, and I think we actually discussed this in our uh, Boink for Business episode, uh, where if crunches see that the the project that they're crunching is just being used to make profit and they're not getting a cut of it, they're gonna say, hold on, why am I crunching this to make you money? I'm here to I wanna do i I wanna do the science. I wanna contribute to science. If you're making money out of it, I wanna cut. So it might also affect the Boink project too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that like brings up a point that you can't boycott a company if you need their medicine to survive. So if someone comes along (laughs) patents yeah, that's kind of messed up. Uh Sackpop asks a question, is there a way that Boink can safeguard against unethical uses of data produced beyond the partner institutions. I'm not sure how the legal ownership of the data is split between the Boink network and universities running the projects." I am so foggy on how the ownership of data works in Boink, to be completely honest. It's
1: very foggy. <laughs> you know, it's actually
0: very foggy here in Australia,
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. It's actually foggy outside.
0: Oh, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, just my thinking is that like you can't own data that's my thinking and that is I come from a, a, a space where that is a, a root principle so I'm sure that's bias but the data is just data how you use it is the uh, part where you should be able to profit from just knowledge is only knowledge insofar as it can be shared and made public so on a legal scale I think the legal ease has a lot to uh, work to do to catch up to Uh, a data-driven future and a concept called data dignity. Um,
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's sort of hard to safeguard against the unethical use because in order for them to create a law, they have to know what the unethical use is. And for the unethical use to be apparent to them, it has to exist in the first place. So it's going to be the issue of we're going to build it first before they legislate it sort of thing. Yeah. What do we build? We might make bigger grapes which are
0: fruit and <laughs> no, not <berries>. vegetables. <laughs> Sackmark follows up. He says it could be part of the partnership agreement uh, if they. I assume you mean a company wants to use Boink. Uh, if the company wants full ownership, they could pay for servers. But then you have, uh, once you have that that sort of partnership, you can uh, manipulate people because there's so much money involved. But at the same time, is there any other way to do it? Like. And, and then his, he also follows up, this brings up a wider question of IP, if distributed computing is going to be a, a significant com, uh, contributor to science projects going forward, absolutely. This all boils down to intellectual property laws, which are insanely outdated. So, and that's what I mean by by saying the legalese has a lot to uh, work to do to catch up to a uh, digital future. Um, there, uh, Distributed computing is growing at a fairly uh, rapid rate, and it's very likely going to be an aspect of the future and when you get out of the science world for a second and jump into like the internet of things and the amount of data that's going to be produced by fleets of cars in terms of just traffic or where people go it's going to be extreme and what happens to that data is very important who owns that data uh there are projects working on open dataing that data you know anonymize it open data but what what's going to happen when people have that data and i think you know what I'm I'm convincing myself of right here is that that's just fear. There's always the risk that it will be used to hurt people and it'll be used unethically, but that's just fear. The potential for good severely outweighs the fear like the yeah, there's yeah, more let's be people, a bit more positive now. <laughs> yeah, there's more people that do good with stuff that's put in front of them than do bad. If you put a hammer in front of someone, more people are going to use it to build a house than hit someone else in the head. Like, if you put a hammer in
1: front of me, I don't know how to build a bloody house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's I mean, you could be like in the video you games can do where gutters, you just get though. like,
1: yeah, you get the planks, and then like you just hit the air in front of the planks, then magically it turns into something. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, talking about the uh, starting off with the genetic modifications, um, we did see that uh, TN Grid. One of their projects is to help grapevines become better and more sustainable. Um, We do know that now with climate change that uh, plants around the world have been producing more fruit. They're producing bigger fruit and they're producing bigger plants, more vegetation, simply because there's more carbon dioxide in the air. Uh, But uh, we want to go the extra step and make it more sustainable into the future. And so why can't we do that with genes? And if we can make that science open and that science is open and free to the agricultural sector of any nation it helps the agricultural sector of that nation the agricultural sector of that nation helps the people find work find employment it feeds the people of that nation it becomes the food bowl of both that nation and other parts of the world and that food bowl then essentially distributes itself to to the rest of the supply chain because you need food to make things go
0: yeah and and i guess what what i was what i was getting at before with the uh biohackers i think that's what they're called is that if you make the science open so like you brought up the danger with uh who knows what the effects are going to be of genetic genetically modifying food because people do it generally for profit and they don't really think that far ahead so when you open science all of it there's no oversight there's no there's no oversight of it so anyone can go and genetically modify a tomato and what happens if they genetically modify a tomato in a way that kills all grapes and then oh, that, no. <laughs> that tomato gets in the wild. I whine all of a sudden there's wild tomatoes growing that kill all grapes. Uh, just like AI will kill all humans, tomatoes will kill all grapes. So like that's the that's the danger part of it. Like without well. Well,
1: yeah. if we make a genetically modified monster tomato, we can make a genetically modified monster grape to battle the genetically modified monster tom- tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this yeah, <laughs> my, my point is that if we do find a bad genetic modification, there's a good chance that we'll be able to find a, a genetic modification to reverse that modification.
0: We have to be so good at... There we go. You're going to love this. We're going to have to be so good at genetically modifying stuff in order to do that quickly. So you can think about viruses. Like If we understood how viruses work when COVID came around, uh, then we would probably be able to fight it faster, but we don't currently. And so that's why it's so scary. The novelty of this virus is very, very frightening and the potential it has to do harm. Uh, So if we develop foundational knowledge on how genetics work then i would agree with you and the way we develop foundational knowledge is through boink so the dangers of boink are overcome by more boinking huh yeah <laughs> the more you do the more better it becomes oh i like i like where the chat is going uh we've got a toma grape that's a combination between a uh tomato and a grape of course tomaco and uh, tomato and yep. tobacco that's from the simpsons uh we have someone calling to burn all tomatoes just to make sure this doesn't happen. I do not advocate for the burning of all tomatoes. Um, oh, but chuggered tomatoes are pretty good. <laughs> I swear, I'm taking, you... I'm
1: taking the American accent from you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was not an American accent. Ah, Tomatoes. It's like a <laughs> yes, <high tomatoes>. <laughs> I do agree. Grill all tomatoes. <laughs> So Sackpop continues, given all this, should it be responsibility of all Boinkers to do in-depth research and follow up on projects they help, maybe in real real life contact if they go off the rails? I think uh, education on Boink projects is a huge aspect of Boink, and you know I love it, you're here enough. Um, Do I think it's the responsibility of the Boinkers to... Um, proactively educate themselves to an extent. I think it is more of a responsibility of the network at large to keep a healthy education cycle going. Uh, But that basically means that projects should be educating people. And then in the spirit of open source, people should be vetting the projects on a high level. Like Delta, you brought up earlier in this episode, like you should have a lot of people reviewing stuff just because they're passionate about it and they, they believe it and maybe you can develop incentive structures at some point but when you have a lot of people looking at a at something it's harder to get uh bad stuff through uh so you have to have the project educating people reviewing the education and vetting that education and then you have to have crunchers seeking education as well and you can have incentives there uh there are a couple of projects working on that so uh yeah, I, I wish there were more examples of Boink projects that were malicious, honestly, so that we could see what happened when there was a malicious Boink project. Uh, does anyone know of any? Did we even have one? <laughs> yeah,
1: like. Uh, well, uh, before we get onto that, I did have an, an- uh, uh, my own answer to Sackpop's question. Uh, because it's a distributed system, you can't really scale that up. So talking about in real life contact or in real life support or uh, fallout research. It's it's really not scalable, and I'm going to use the um the uh I'm going to use the phrase the people will vote with their feet. So if there is need to do follow up research, if there is need to do more in depth research, if there is more stuff to do with the project, the people that were crunching it will move to do it. Uh, and so that's why I think that with Boink and this and its distributed system, I have a feeling that all the issues that we're going to talk about are going to essentially just solve themselves with the art of the and the nature of distributed computing.
0: Mm, I'm not sure about that, but I see where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, I don't think pro- problem solving. <laughs> I don't
1: think that's well, no, funny. it is it, it, sometimes you have a system that's just so good that it's just simple enough, or, or if you use Occam's razor, it's simple enough, it covers all possibilities, and eventually it, it corrects itself. And that's essentially the nature of a distributed system. Uh, uh do I have a question
0: here? Let it, do we. Well, Darren, okay. saying saying
1: uh, anything in Rosetta. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, Darren.
0: So to tie what you were just saying about distributed systems into the StackPops comment, maybe in real life contact if they go off the rails. So that's a, a vetting process, right? So if they go off the rails, you, you have someone go out there and be like, hey, man, what's going on? Right? So uh, I think that's what you mean, at least. Uh, you can build that into a distributed system where... Uh, we do it in real life in our social networks. It's just part of graphs, Delta, uh, when you were talking about graphs with TN grade, right? So if I know SACPOP and you, Delta, know me, and I say SACPOP's a good guy, you're going to think SACPOP's a good guy. Uh, so you just build that. You scale that up. So you can still have a uh, oversight committee, essentially. Uh, but in a distributed system, you can have a gigantic and permissionless oversight committee and it makes something free-flowing. So you don't have someone appointed to the oversight committee because therein lies corruption or the potential thereof. uh, But you have a committee that anyone can join at any time and uh, a network of trust, a web of trust. You develop that. And that is a way to sort of ethically check stuff maybe. And, and follow up on projects and make sure they're not malicious. It's similar to how open source works, but on a network level. It's, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. But uh, Again, I think it, it, people
1: will vote with their feet. So if a project is malicious, if people think a project is malicious, if, a pro- if people suspect the project of being malicious, then they will stop crunching that project. Uh, I understand where what? you're going with the committee saying we need to sort of figure out whether they're doing it ethically. But in the end, if they are doing something malicious, people will vote with their feet. They'll just
0: leave. I think there are ways, if I were running a malicious project, there are ways to get people to crunch it. Like There are several. I could just pay people to crunch it. And they'll, they don't care. <laughs> They're getting money. Uh, so I think it's a little more than uh, vote with your feet. I I I'm, might be biased here because I have a huge issue with that concept, like you're voting, vote with your feet, vote with your money, that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you I don't want to touch
1: the voting booth with your feet. That's nasty. Yeah, I think it's a little <laughs> more complex than that. But
0: uh, yeah, it, that's something to think about for sure. So uh, huh, Sakprox says he's not a good guy, but he appreciates the vote of confidence. Don't worry. I, no, I, I don't think you're a good guy. You drink too much rum, sir. <laughs> <laughs> entirely too much yeah tea tea is more of a good guy drink it's very true uh like, you drink zero tea i am certain of that <laughs> yeah i'm surprised there are no examples of uh Boeing projects uh acting maliciously thank god <laughs> yeah bitcoin utopia for a while which is a, a little unusual but that wasn't necessarily malicious
1: yeah, it was doing what it said it to do, and the result is what the result people expected. Yeah, it wasn't really malicious.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time, huh? Yeah, Darren says it'll happen one day when all e- when an evil scientist turns up. Oh god,
1: I I have an evil scientist friend. <laughs> the the worst thing he's done he's 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 built uh you know the paddle pop stick um like uh, he he built like a little paddle pop stick tower, and then you want to know what he did? <laughs> he he blew up a capacitor inside of it and set it on fire. <laughs>
0: I have no idea what a Paddle Pop stick is.
1: Paddle Pop stick, you know, the, just the stick of a uh, ice cream. You know, a little wooden oh, stick okay. that you put on the ice cream. Yeah, handle.
0: yeah, we call it a, uh, uh, What do we call those? I have no idea what we call those. The reason
1: why it's called Paddle Pop is because the brand of ice cream is Paddle Pop. Uh
0: well, it's not a lolly stick. A lolly, lolly stick, first of all, who calls it a lolly stick? But a lolly stick is round, right? It's round and white. And a Paddle Pop stick is, like, sort of broad and made of wood. <laughs> no Seth Park I definitely uh, Delta I don't know if you know this but you guys you guys you guys you guys, <laughs> you guys call uh, uh, weed whackers whippersnippers and I yep. definitely now call weed whackers whippersnippers it is so fun <laughs> it's better yeah. yeah it's way better yeah
1: alright we're gonna wrap it's, up you're not just whacking weeds you're also whacking the grass the grass isn't a weed so yeah. it's just a whippersnipper you whip you and you snip, you snip whips. yeah <laughs>
0: It's great. All right, so we have devolved into pictures or images of Professor Chaos in the chat. So I think that is a sign that it is time to wrap this up. Uh, It's definitely (laughs) an interesting uh, thought experiment, right? Like what is the potential dangers of open data? I think we all agree that the potential for good with this stuff that we are doing is uh, amazing. And it, the, the issue is it's very easy to get blinded by the quest for good uh, and accidentally do something that's pretty bad. So I think it's a good question to ask every once in a while. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should not be asking this stuff. But, hey, we did anyway.
1: <laughs> we did it. We saw, we conquered, we came. Wait, uh, is that the right order?
0: That's not the right We We saw, we came, we came, we conquered. We, saw, vini, 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 we came, we saw, we conquered. No, we saw, we now you've got me confused. <laughs> I think it's came, saw, But yeah, does Doesn't anyone have? <laughs> don't does. Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts on the potential dangers or the potential benefits of all this boink science we're doing over here? <laughs> all right, no, we're actually yeah. leaving now. Let's go. <laughs> but before we go, as always, a regular week. If you want your shot, week. <laughs> if you want your shot to be regular week. Jump on the Discord and uh, post your rig in the crunching channel. And who knows? You might win all that respect, all that honor. it? what do we got this week? <laughs>
1: Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> Woo! All right. Uh, I'm picking this one for this week. Uh, we have Coleslaw here in the Boink Network Discord channel. Uh, and I think it's fair not to give a name to it or to even list out all the hardware because it's a lot of hardware. Uh, Coleslaw has posted a picture of a whole bunch of Android devices. I don't even want to sit here and count all of them, but there's a lot of them. Uh, It looks like there's about four different tablets and probably at least ten different phones, all plugged in charging at the same time, running Boink. Uh, And as far as I can tell, it's just old decommissioned phones that they found and just decided to plug in and use Boink. And funny enough, they've also posted a picture of their graveyard, which is a box of old phones that have just died by the looks of it. If you want to know more about running Boink on your Android, we have some hardware episodes on how to take care of your phone while it's running Boink. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty good. It's open. The phones aren't being used for anything. Uh, and hopefully there's no batteries in any of them for running that long.
0: Could you post the link to the, to the images? Oh, yeah, I'll post the link to you. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Oh, my God. That's just, uh, that wire management is on point, by the way. Yep. And it's a great
1: use of an old shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And, yeah, uh, just to describe the image for those of you that can't see it and who are listening to the video, uh, they've got a rack, like an old fridge rack sort of thing. And the fridge rack has, like, little lines on it where you can, like, put a phone and sit it upright, and then you can have you can plug it in below because it has a mesh, uh, so the wire can go through the mesh. Uh, and the great thing about it is that it's open, it's yeah, the heat can dissipate, and hopefully they're in a nice, cool place so that batteries don't overheat.
0: I've got some questions here so do they have a lot of power strips or do they have just one usb splitter for all those power cords well you obviously you
1: can't use daisy chain splitters for this one but uh, there are power bricks and power bricks can go i think from anywhere from one to like what 10 or 20 different usb outlets so it just depends how big of one you got
0: <laughs> yeah because I couldn't imagine pl- having like all the chargers plug into uh, just outlets here.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, they probably have a bunch of different power bricks, and they're just plugging into all different ones there. So if you take the approximate power of each of them, if they're all running Boink, it, they'd probably be taking anywhere from 10 to 20 watts each on average, because they are old phones. So 20 watts multiplied by 20 different phones, you've got some pretty big power there. Cool. And I guess that also goes on to the fact that uh, boink is all about using idle hardware. And so, if everyone on the earth was using their phone to crunch boink for at least like an hour or something, we'd get so much work done. Isn't that sorry. right, J ringer no,
0: Sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> Amen to that, my friend. Amen to that. And you know, once it's done, then you put it in this wonderful trash bin and you recycle it. You uh, get all those minerals yes, out there. Uh, and hopefully, they're just he's sealed. recycling them properly. Yeah, that's a lot of phones in the. He's destroyed. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love this. This is an excellent rig. Good choice. Does it get I a I just clap? turn the old phones into keychains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like strip
1: out the board, maybe cut off a piece of the board, and then just use it as a keychain.
0: Easy. Ow! How do you do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that can do it. <laughs> and now that you've I done it, I'm not so much!
0: Oh, my God, which part hurt. of your arm you hit? About? I just smacked myself really hard. Like, six times. <laughs> <guys. laughs> What part okay, let's I'm get doing? out of here
1: before we make it, before we do any more damage.
0: <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week, Fridays at 5 p.m. on the Blink Network Discord server.